Welcome back. We're back. Back at Hadjar, second week in a row. Yeah. Last week, unfortunately, had a malfunction with the recording equipment. Um, but we're back. It is the last night of open mic. Yep. Over here at Hot Jazz. open mic. It's been going on for how long? How long have you been doing it now? About two and a half years. All right. Um, we, are, we are right in the lobby. Right in the lobby. It's basically, a little loud. Basically Radio Row down here at Hot yeah. Jazz. <laughs> We're here at Radio Row in Weymouth. Yep. Tomorrow, um, tomorrow what night. What are we on? 19? Uh, well, if you if you include last week, it's 18. 18? All right. Last week, it's got to be 17. That's okay. outstanding. Yeah, well, we started. We started the day after the Super Bowl, actually. Yeah. Well, that must have been a blast. No, it was not a blast. No. Actually, two days. We did a lot of ranting about Malcolm Butler not playing. Yep. Two days He's after because, because we yeah. had uh, first uh, breaking news was that Josh McDaniels was coming back. Oh we, right. The, right. Our first right. episode, we had breaking news right away. Yeah, that was a good way to start it. But yeah, here we are, four plus months later. Yep. Today we have a special guest. Mr. Jason Trask. Our first official guest. Yep. We had some uh, unexpected guests last week, but... Yeah, but <laughs> you got, I guess you guys won't be able well, to hear first, you, So you expected me. We ex- yes, yeah, yes. excellent. We planned yes. this. We, we planned this. This was our first expected guest. You're, uh, hopefully you can bring your baseball expertise. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> I, I, can, I can talk baseball, I think. We yeah. know that. We yeah. know that. Yeah. Sure. You throwing out some facts earlier. I was, yeah. I, uh, I was surprised I got that one about the four homers 11 years ago today. That's right. Well, yeah, 11 years ago, Sunday Night Baseball. Sunday Night Baseball. I was actually yeah. I was Sox at stuck in Orlando. You were, so you remember it, too. Yep, I was okay. stuck in Orlando really? with the Spartans coming home from... Nationals, 15 years. Let me see. That 11 years ago, I was I was getting married that summer. Wow. I got married. Wow. That, yeah. That's, wow. That's Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, what did I win? And the Sox won the, won the World Series. They did. They did. Hey. You kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I am, Tommy. We he are looks, getting you. He looks Shout great. out to Tommy. He looks great. <laughs> Well, okay. Yeah. It's okay. Good guy. Great guy. So what is this what is this thing you have here? You've got this you've got this podcast. It's, yes. it's the two of you. Yep. Right? And I've known you guys for years. Yep. Uh, I've, I've, I feel like I've known you since you were a kid. Yep. Uh, and geez, Dave, I, I see you all over the place and you know, you guys have coached together. I've, you know, we we've always We've always found a way to talk about all sorts of baseball stuff. Yep. Um, I know. Uh, I don't want to ask you about the Celtics. I know. Are you are you still depressed? No. Okay. No, I'm all actually. Right. I mean, I'm surprised they got that far in the first place. And how can you not be optimistic about the future? With I would agree. Hayward and Irving. I mean, hopefully Irving comes back. I don't know. Or maybe we'll get LeBron. Well, who knows? <laughs> well. Well, he'll at least be back for this so, year. Listen, well, hold on, hold on. What is, can you tell me who started this butterfly effect of LeBron going to the Celtics? Stephen A. Smith. Yes. Yeah, oh, well, there you go. That, oh, well, there you go. He knows. Well, that that means it's going to happen. He's in contact with these guys. Like he he talks oh. to LeBron. Yeah, I'm in contact so. with a lot of kids too. You should, <laughs> you should hear what they tell me. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't have a TV show where I can blab my mouth and right. let the world a, in know. front of a camera. But, well, today yeah. you do. The thing oh, is, if LeBron, thing. if LeBron wants to have a chance of reaching Kobe or Jordan in rings, 
What what's his best shot to win rings to start a new dynasty before his career ends? Not to play with Brad Stevens. LeBron and Brad Stevens would not be a good mix. I think Brad Stevens can coach anybody. I agree. I also think LeBron, having been a fairly inflated talent since a very young age. This is a guy who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated right. before he got a diploma. Yeah, right. Okay? Yeah. He's going to listen to Brad Stevens. I do, mean, do, 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 can he, I ask you He's talked about, he respects Brad Stevens as a coach. Okay. And Let me ask you this, though. Um, who ran that Cavaliers team? LeBron did. No kidding. And you think you think this, you think Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens is going to allow that to be uh, turned upside down? I do down think I do think one thing that if LeBron comes, he'll he'll take over. Danny Ainge won't have the same role anymore because right. he likes to tell the team you know who to go get and who to trade for and whatnot. I'll, I'll say this, okay? If I see LeBron in a Celtics uniform. I'll be as shocked as I was when I saw Shaquille O'Neal. No, I will be shocked. I will be shocked. Okay, I don't think it's going to happen. It would be amazing if it happened. I just, it just doesn't seem realistic. I don't think we need him, anyways. I I agree with that. (laughs) I mean, I mean, obviously, he's one of the greatest players ever. I wouldn't be mad if he came, but we don't, we don't need him. We're in position. No, we don't need him. We're in position to take over the East in the next few years. No, we are, and LeBron's getting older. He's, he's getting older. There's a list of demands that, you know, it's, it's like the Rolling Stones on tour. Yeah. You know, the list of things that they need to be able to do what they need to do, you know, gets longer every year. Yeah. You know, I, it's the same thing with LeBron. You know, he needs this. He needs that. He needs this. He needs that. Well, for all that, he's, he's a top two or three talent that I can say I've ever seen. Yeah, he is. I can't I mean, argue that. I mean, it's getting to the point where, for years, I hated Kobe, I hated Kobe's guts. But as he was getting older, I realized, yeah. no. like, you have to respect. You got to respect same, it. Same thing with Jeter. I hated Jeter my whole life. Yeah. But then, as he was coming to the end, I was like, you gotta give him that respect, you know? Oh yeah. And I mean, Absolutely. trust me, I got the LeBron as a bitch shirt. I, I, and I have I, a shirt I that says something pride. worse than that. I wear it. With, <laughs> I wear it with pride. So. Uh, but it's a matter of laundry. If they wear your laundry, you're willing to put up with it. Yep. Well, absolutely. Because the year the Patriots won their first but. Super Bowl, they got one of the biggest jerks in the NFL in Brian Cox. Yes. I Brian, guess. I Brian Cox in like game three or game four, like kills a guy. Yeah. And at that point, everything kind of clicked. And, you know, Brian Cox was... You know, public enemy number one. Who, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, he was just this mean, nasty guy. He was like, um, what's his name? Perfect for Bengals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Akin to that. But uh, no, I think. I mean, I, I just think I just look at it as if we had Kyrie, we would have won that series. I think I, so. I, I think we would. I, I think, think we would have. We, we took it to the limit. I think so. Him. I so think you had some guys that played way bigger than their shoes. Right. Which and got you to there. I would much rather, as a LeBron hater, and obviously I, I respect his talent, I would love to see him on the Celtics, but I would much rather, you know, end his final streak, which I think we're capable of next year, than help him continue it. 
I I think the best thing for the NBA is for LeBron to go over, go to the West, and just for LeBron to not go to just, the finals. Just get yeah. the heck out of the way of the Celtics for the next three or four years. I think that would be great. <laughs> I don't think he was a big fan of having to to do what he had to do to get rid of the Celtics, and I think he, much like the rest of the world, knows knows what's coming. He he knew that he, he knew that the Celtics were undermanned. Yep. And they still took them to the break. They were still there. I said it to Jack a couple weeks ago. I mean, ago. with a bunch of they 21, 20, 23-year-olds, they the took one them to thing, the edge. The one thing and was, they took them to the edge, but they had them, and they couldn't. Well, eat. that's that's where their youth showed up. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, but even... Add, to Kyrie, still, add Kyrie to the mix. To have a 12-point lead in the first half, and then to still have the lead in the fourth quarter at home in a game seven. You got to... And it is the youth, but you got to close that up. Well, they missed a million shots. Rozier was 0 for 10 from 3. I will say this, and I can admit to this. I'm a baseball guy. You, yeah. you guys know that. I know that, yeah. This year, for the first time since, you know, the, the, the Brooklyn trade where they got rid of Pierce and all those guys. Yeah. I really enjoyed watching the Celtics. How could you not? Oh, it was I mean, such because, a fun year. Because it was fun. It was, they, were, um, they just overachieved every night. And, and, and basketball is such, it, it, it's, it's, it's amazing because the players are getting bigger, stronger, faster, way more athletic. Like, and, 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 and trying to compare guys from different eras, it's not even funny. Yeah, no. If LeBron James didn't exist during this era, if he existed in the mid-70s, he would be a complete legend. Yeah, beyond like oh. Kareem, Russell, because everybody, everybody forgets about those guys. Yeah. Back in those days, you only needed one or two guys to win a championship. Now LeBron, you need... LeBron by himself could have won championships back then. You um, me. But um, <laughs> Thank boy, you, Tommy. Oh my God, that's um, great. Good old Tommy. But it, it was an enjoyable thing to watch the Celtics. But oh, it was great. But now, now you're now you're stuck with the Red Sox. Oh, they're, you know, well, they've, they've been pretty stuck. fun to watch so the far. Greatest, right? The greatest, the greatest thing for the Boston Red Sox every single year is to have the Celtics or the Bruins to go at least two rounds into the playoffs. Yep. Because, so, yeah, no one pays so, attention. So nobody can pretend like they, they, they've been paying attention to the right. stuff that they think is a problem. Yeah. Uh, tonight, the Red Sox are going to be in Seattle. They're playing their 70th game. Seattle's 22-7 and seven in their last... Seattle years. is on fire. They're, Seattle's yeah, really good. So the Celtics are playing their 70th game tonight. Okay? Celtic? Uh, the Red Sox. Red Sox. Um... Going into tonight's game, how many how many stolen bases do you think the Red Sox have this year? Not a lot. Yeah. Now, growing up, if the Red Sox stole 50 bases in a season, that was awesome. Yeah. It's it's 70 games into the season. How many stolen bases do you think they have? I mean, I think they got to have at least 30. Oh yeah. Maybe 40. Or are they already past 50? They're at 50. Oh, okay. All right. 50 stolen bases in 70 games. So that's 120 
stolen base pace yeah. for the Boston Red Sox. All of a sudden, small ball goes. the base stealers grown up for the Red Sox? Johnny Damon would steal what? 15 bases a game. And Ricky Anderson for one Ellsbury <laughs> Ellsbury went nuts one year and stole like 50. Ellsbury, yeah. But that was like, oh my God. Even um, Damon used to only steal about Damon 15 would steal 20. 20. Yeah, you know? But I mean, growing up, growing up, I saw like Ellis Burke steal 25. Yeah. And that was amazing. Oh. Um, they have 50 stolen bases in 70 games. This is not. Yeah, well, how many did they have not, last year? I, I don't know, but Farrell didn't like to run. No, I know um, that. But you also had guys that um, this team that they have with Cora and the minor and the guys that they have uh, working these guys out, they're aggressive on the bases. Yes, they are going to get thrown out trying to take chances, but they're 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 having more got more opportunity, good results out of those chances. Yeah. And it's not just sitting back and waiting for somebody to hit a home run. Right. I mean, that's 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 the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. They're just they're just sitting back, hoping that Machado, Davis, Trumbo, Jones. Scope, Jones. Someone comes they, up with a. Home they're run. hoping that they all hit 30 to 30, 40 home runs, yeah. and that maybe one or two guys are on base when it happens. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, no, pretty much. But you know, I mean, well, speaking of being on base when it happens and stuff, Mookie, who's been on. He's, <laughs> he's been on a tear, but his his RBIs, he's only got, uh, he's got what, 21 home runs? 20 home runs? I think he got his 20, yeah, he's, he's somewhere around. He's ready, yeah, 20, he was, 21? He was at 17 when he came back, so he's probably like, So he's got 18, 18. he got one last All right, so he's at 18, but he's only got, what, 40 RBIs? 50, and he, that's coming from off. the leadoff spot. Right. Right. And, yeah. I mean, obviously you're not going to start the game off with a guy on base. Right. Well, what's happening is is um, the, the the bottom of the order guys, any combination of Bradley, Holt, Leon, Vasquez, Bradley, Bogarts is a little bit lower. Um, but if you look at their batting averages, you're gonna you're gonna probably get a little squeamish. Yeah. If you look at how they they actually the the get on base, the order, these guys get on base. Oh, I know. They work a walk. They're not empty spots in the lineup. Yeah. Which is what a lot of guys, which is what a lot of people don't look at, at across the major leagues. If you look at the bottom three and four of major league lineups, uh, you got guys that can't get on base more than once a game. Can't hit over 100. Can't hit over 150. Yeah. And it's really, really ugly. But people want to look and say, oh, geez, you know, the bottom of the Red Sox order is terrible. Um, they scored more runs than anybody in the major leagues. Their leadoff batter, who you just brought up, is on pace for 100 RBIs. Yep. He's also on pace, because everybody loves to say, oh, well, this is what they're going to do, you know, if you project it out. He's going to hit 35 home runs. He's going to steal 35 to 40 stolen bases. Yeah. That's incredible. That's not. That's a, that's a good season. That's right incredible. That, and, and hit over three hundred to boot. And or maybe yeah. even over three three thirty. You ask anybody at the beginning of the season. Okay, so your leadoff guy is going to go 35, 35 with hundred RBIs. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't care who he's driving in. Yeah. I don't care who he's driving in. I mean, I feel like a lot of managers wouldn't have Mookie in the leadoff spot. 
with the way the way that he hits. I, I just I agree. I feel like that's a. I think I like it. I love it. I, I just think, I just feel like that's kind of a different strategy for someone who hits for power that often. I to think be in the leadoff spot. I think the idea behind it is he's. I mean, he, he's a great hitter in general, but he's a great fastball hitter. Yeah. And like right. you don't well, often see a guy start a game throwing a curveball right. or a changeup. Right. He starts off with a fastball, and you know uh, even like that's it. All comes down to kind of the matchups too. But like to think, Mookie's got the, some of the quickest hands in baseball. Absolutely. And you know you start that game off with a fastball. Why do you think he has so many leadoff home runs? I'm kind of kidding it to Cora leaning that. He's going to get a fastball. If he doesn't get a fastball, he's still going to get a ball he can hit because he's that good of a hitter. Yeah. So, but basically, I won't say your best hitter because Martinez is up there too. Oh, yeah. But he's... They're as, both, they're, you know, but he's, neck and neck. I mean, obviously you wouldn't have Martinez leading off because if he hits a single, he's not going to steal second base. That's a good Mookie, point. as you just said, right. he's going to have 35 to 40 stolen bases. Right. Something, no, something maybe. But he's, I mean, he's already, uh, he already has the most leadoff home runs in Red Sox history. And he's 25 years old. <laughs> he's 25 years old. And he has the most leadoff home runs in franchise history, a team that's been around 100 plus great, years. Great statistic. So, that just shows you, like, guys like that aren't in the leadoff spot that often. Yeah. Well, I will ask you guys this, okay? Have you noticed that there's starting to become a trend in Major League Baseball... And I'm going to throw a couple of names at you to see to see what you think about this. The leadoff hitter gets more plate appearances than anybody. Yep. Right. For obvious reasons. Right. Well, why would you want to put a guy in that spot that wouldn't be able to massively produce overall? And if you look at these leadoff hitters, hey, hey. Mike Trout. You shitting me? There he is. How are you, <laughs> Tommy? You shitting me? <laughs> you shitting me? <laughs> I'm not taking a look at your mouth. Yep. There you go. So what about Charles? Trout? Charlie Blackman? Yeah. Charlie Blackman, though. Charlie Blackman? Great leadoff. Great um, player. What, I mean, the, the other teams that do this, it, 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 you know, you want to have your best guy up there. Now, Mookie Betts, as a leadoff hitter, gets on base in a crazy clip and creates absolute havoc on the bases. If you brought Betts down to the third spot, okay, who do you put in the leadoff spot? Yeah, well, that. I wanted to say Ben Intendi, but he's a horrible base runner, so. Ben Intendi's uh, a puppy. Yeah, yeah. He's a puppy. He's, he's, got less, he's got less than a thousand major league bats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still, he's still what? And I, think he's, and no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put anyone else in the leadoff. Still going. right? I wouldn't. And, and that's, and that's the hard part. Uh, we all, we all want to have these wonderful solutions. We all want yeah. LeBron to come to the Celtics. We all want, <laughs> you know, we all want to trade trade. We all want to trade Devers and or Benintendi for Manny Machado. Um, let's talk about that. For a let's second. let's be realistic. <laughs> yeah. Let's be realistic about that. Um, you want to talk about Machado? Yeah. Well, what do you think about the, the rumors? I think it's I think it's nonsense. Why is that? I think it's nonsense because um, why would you trade away 
at least three to four years of control for a guy that, uh, let me see, you threw about four balls at his head last year. Uh, he griped about he griped about having to play third base and didn't move back to shortstop until the Orioles finally got rid of J.J. Hardy and got rid of that, oh, by the way, a guy that batted 220 and didn't walk. Yep. You know. Um, he had that one good year. Yeah. J.J. Yeah. Hardy had that and, one good year. And so we're going to expect Dan Duquette, who's the general manager of the Orioles, to say, oh, yeah, we're going to take uh, these major league guys from the Red Sox and send you Manny Machado for the rest of the season. And, oh, by the way, uh, this is the move for the future for the Baltimore Orioles. Teams don't trade within the division. It rarely happens. And it's not going to happen with a player of this magnitude. There's no justification for Baltimore to do any favors to teams that they're directly competing with. But they're not competing with anyone right now because they're off. But um, how do we know that the Diamondbacks aren't going to give them a better offer? Or the Pirates? What if they do? Uh, what if they do what uh, what Colorado did with Matt Holliday yeah. years ago? Uh, you know, trading deadlines coming up, and the Oakland A's trade for Matt Holliday. What the hell is this? And he did it with uh, with Cespedes too. Yeah, he did it with Cespedes too. He did. And what ended up happening? They flipped guys. The Cespedes deal. I think it was at Moss and Reddick that went to Oakland. Yeah. Or or Lowry. Moss and Lowry. Lowry. Yeah, Lowry too. And 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 Cespedes went to the Red Sox. The Red Sox had him for a year and a half. And then he went to the Mets. Walked. He walked to the Mets. I'm pretty sure he walked. Or didn't we flip him for whatever we don't remember? Uh, Yeah. Well, I forget. Exactly. (laughs) But I. I wouldn't be surprised if Duquette finds a, 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 a good package for Machado early, yeah. maybe with one or two major league ready guys, um, and flips him to somebody else and says, all right, now he's your problem, and moves on. Because Baltimore has to find a way to move on. Yeah, absolutely. They can't not get anything for him. You think? Yeah. Well, if I... If well, they can't. They're desperate right now. Yeah. So... Um, not so much Manny Machado, but more trades. Right. And you had brought up Jackie Bradley before. <laughs> I am all aboard. Not a Jackie Bradley. I man. am all aboard the trade Jackie Bradley train. You want you want to put Jackie on the train? You yeah. Send him out of town. I will drive him. I'll drive okay. him out of town. Is he at two hundred yet? Okay. Well, one ninety six. I don't. I, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So my I thing is. We're in mid June now. My he thing is, is getting under 200 in mid June is pretty bad. Let me ask you a question, okay? What if a guy bats 350 for the first two months of the season, and then for the next two months bats under 200? Well, that how much do you, how much do you pay attention to that? Then by by September, I probably want to get rid of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you conveniently forgot the first two months of 350. Yeah, Jackie Bradley. Listen, he has flaws, and yes, I do understand why we want to trade him. Um, he provides stability in the outfield that you cannot get. And um, he makes plays that, you know, 
Kevin Kiermeyer maybe will make. Kevin Pillar. I mean, Kevin we're, Pillar, we're, maybe. we're talking about guys in our own division, by the way. Yeah. Jackie Bradley is. I mean, his arm is phenomenal. Jackie Bradley, defense, defense alone. Everything, everything okay. about his defense. If Jackie Bradley was a shortstop, okay, and his name was Jose Iglesias, would you still want to ship him out of town? My thing is, you got to hit at least like two thirty. Because like, you're just useless if you're hitting around two hundred. Useless. Yeah. I mean, have you seen some of the plays he makes in the field? I no, I'm talking about offensively. You can't have right. just an automatic out in your lineup. He's not an automatic out. He makes an out 20% of the time. Not 100% of the time. Well, no, he makes an out 80%, 80% of the time. All right, maybe, well, maybe if he walks a handful of times, it's 75. Okay. I mean, he's going to have to walk a lot to make up for that average. I know. So my, <laughs> my thing about... You got the numbers? My thing about Jackie Bradley is, yeah, he does, he does play great defense, and he does he saves your runs, but... At the same point in time, I mean, we got Chris Sale last yesterday got good run support. Normally he doesn't, right. and that's usually because we're facing another number one. Or, you sure about that? On paper, with typically, yeah, it, it would seem. I like the theory. I like the theory. It's like Pedro. Yeah, when you Pedro, know, Pedro didn't get Pedro didn't get run support because he always faced everybody else's ace. No, you know what happens? They get comfortable. They, they, they bat freaking Cesar Crespo at second base. Yeah. Well, that's... And, 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 the start, and knowing, knowing that... All right, well... The start Sale had last week where he probably had his best start of the year and we lost one nothing. He's throwing right. 100 miles an hour. He didn't... Yeah, he J- J- J.D. Martinez, J.D. Martinez didn't play that game, right? Right. right. Probably well, a scheduled go. day off. A scheduled day off that he didn't and, really need. And let me ask you this, though. It's easy to pinpoint those very real instances. All right, you want to you, you want to send Jackie Bradley Jr. Okay, just for uh, 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 that's yep, fine. Yep. That's fine. I'm an opposing GM. Why do I want Jackie Bradley? Maybe he needs defense. <laughs> yeah, defense. You preach some defense. Okay, though. all right, but he's only going to bat 190 for me. So I, I wouldn't want him. I don't want anyone who's going to bat 200. Here's the hard part about this: we're never we, we're. We're never harder than we are on our own. Yeah. Oh, totally. And that's true everywhere, not just with our baseball team. Yeah. We're never harder than when we look at a guy and we go, why didn't you swing at that? Yep. Yeah. But it's a really difficult thing to do. And it looks so easy. And they make it look easy. And it's fun to watch. Okay, I but I think I understand all that. But if you can't hit 200, you should go down to triple A. Okay. Oh well. <laughs> what if? Okay, so we're going to send him down to triple A. Yeah. Tell me who plays your outfield. Oh, we got Mookie, JD, and uh, you're going to put JD Martinez in outfield. Good. Full time. Well, I will say I, I will say one thing about JD Martinez in the outfield. I went was at the game last week against the Tigers. And I had never seen this before, but someone for the Tigers, I forget who it was, hit a ball right down the third baseline that went into the left field corner. Yeah. And I've never seen someone get a triple in the left field corner. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> and I saw that. JD Martinez got the ball. I saw and that. Guy got a triple. Granted, I mean, you know, 
I would, I would, when I say I'd trade Jackie Bradley, I don't want to, like, I'm not a fan of giving up that defense, but I'm looking to get something more, a player that can, a little more of a two-way player, maybe, maybe pretty good defensively, but someone that can still, you know, give you 220 at least, 250, which... We've, we've seen Jackie Bradley have the 27-game hit streak yeah, before. Yeah. We know he can put it together for a little while. He's a, he's a streaky player. It's just he's he's been off to You just hope that he gets on at the right time. He's been right. on a bad streak. Like, if he can, you know, if he can pick it up a little bit, and if he can be hot come October, then, you know, right. that's great. And if, and if he stops trying to pull the ball every time, because he looks like he's kind of... It's, it, it, it's tough, because Jackie... Jackie was a very... Accomplished athletic amateur player at South Carolina. Actually, this is really funny. One of his outfield teammates, one of his outfield teammates was a former South Shore Sea Dog at South Carolina. Evan Marzilli, who was from Rhode Island when he was 11 and 12, played for the Sea Dogs. Also played with Mason Williams, who made it to the big leagues with the Yankees. Also played with John Magliozzi, who got drafted by the Mets. He actually just retired, but he was on the Mets minor league system for a long time. He was a teammate of Tim Tebow's ah, for a couple of years. But Marzilli... Is Tebow still playing baseball, by the way? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't I think know. he's still down in the minors for the Mets. But you had Bradley in the outfield with this guy that grew up in our program, and all you heard about was how Bradley was just this phenomenal outfielder. He could hit a little bit. And um, I was gonna I was gonna pose this as a question for you guys. Okay. But I wanted I gave you a little bit of a heads up. This is a phenomenal trivia question. But uh, the year the Red Sox most recently won the World Series, 2013. Can you tell me who the starting center fielder was on opening day? I I can't answer because I was I was there. You were there. No, I was there with you. Oh, we talked about yeah, this already. We, yeah. Okay, so you know so, this. So, question starting center Who was the starting center fielder? They played in Yankee Stadium. This guy went nuts in spring training. Batted like 400 in spring training. Greatest size. The very first game in Yankee Stadium. The very first game in Yankee Stadium, he walked like three times. And only got like one official plate appearance. I can tell you this right now. Is he still in the league? He was not. He was not on the World Series roster. Yeah. And he currently is still in the major leagues. Wow. I don't. Know and you and you must and you must be loving this. Oh, I'm loving. You it. must be loving this right now because you know this. We've only said his name 15 times in the last two minutes. Oh, shut up. What? Are you, what? Jackie Bradley. Jackie Bradley Jr. was a starting center fielder in 2013. Yes. Oh, that's right. Then he got sent back down. To he the got Rams. sent back down after a couple of weeks. Right, because he was awful. Well, and because his, well, no, because there was that clause that was coming up where if they didn't want to start. Yep. If he stayed, then they were or, or he wouldn't be able to go back down to AAA. Right. Wow. Yep. They had they had options where they could send him back down. Um, but that's a that's a good one. That is a good. One. That's a good one. Because um, when did he he came back up in fourteen? Did he? I want to say he was up in 14. Who was the center fielder on that team when they won that World Series? Because Bogarts came up that year. Well, Ellsbury. And was Ellsbury on the team in 2013? In 13, yes, he was. 
He won that World Series. He was part of he was part of Bobby V. Because Middlebrooks. Well, oh yes, he was. Middlebrooks was at third. Yeah. Bogarts was at short because Ellsbury went to the Yankees after that season. Ellsbury was on the team because in the in the song. I said something about Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah, yeah. So who else did we have? Uh, we had Jacoby Ellsbury. Ellsbury is in the outfield. Pedroia was at second. Yep. We had Ortiz was DH. We had Jared Saltalamaki. Saltalamaki was catching. Yep. We had Pedroia, obviously. Oh, you had what's his face? David Ross. Yep. David Ross was at catching. Johnny Gomes, Mike Napoli. Gomes, Napoli. Oh my God. The Goon Squad. Oh my God. Koji Uehara. Koji and Okajima. Yep. Yeah. No, Okajima wasn't on that team. No, that's right. He was back in 07. He was in 07. Who was the setup guy? Who were the setup guys in 13? Um, oh, who was it? Who was it? It wasn't Miller, was it? Before he really got going? No, no. He, I think he might have been on the team, though. I got to look up the roster now. Hold on. <laughs> See, this well, is the best part about this. Lester was a pitcher. Yep. Lester. Buck Colts. Yep. Buck Colts before he became... Buckholz. Let's keep going. You ready? Oh, uh, Buckholz was was great that year. John Lackey. Yep, John yeah, Lackey. Yeah, Lackey was great that year also. Uh, who else? Was Wakefield still? I was just no, going to ask. No, Wakefield was gone. He, he was, was gone. done? I think he was gone. He was gone. Uh, oh, shoot. PV. Oh, Jake Peavy. Peavy. Wow, yeah. Because right. he bought a duck boat. That's right. I always remember that, yeah. And then who was so, the Alright, I'm not getting great service. At that point, at the, at the World Series, don't matter. Who knows? I'm trying to figure out who was our. Uh, well, who we had in the bullpen. Besides well, Koji. Who do we have in the bullpen in 2013? Uh, it's hard to tell. Uh, yeah, I could. It, it, tells you, it tells you all you need to know about, about this stuff. Yeah. Thanks for winning this World Series. I mean, well, it tells, you, it tells you how hard it is to, to make yourself known as a relief pitcher. Because they never last that long, and you know they come and go like a revolving door. The only one who lasted really long for us, middle reliever, is Mike Timlin. Like, Timlin was good, you know. Well, the weird thing about middle relievers is it's there. There's always a need for a dependable guy that's done it, and young guys when they come up, they're not being groomed to be in the bullpen. Now, in some strange cases, you get guys where they're, you know, like Mariano Rivera was a starter. Yeah. And then they put him in as a middle reliever, then he took over as a closer. Yeah. You've got guys that, like oh, Mike Timlin, when he was... Craig Breslow. Remember him? Right. <laughs> he was Breslow. Hey, how are you? We're doing our podcast. So, um... <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a weird dynamic because what's happening now is teams are taking guys that are young, that have incredibly live arms, that they plug in the sixth inning, seventh inning, eighth inning, and they just throw gas. Yeah, yeah. And that way they can manage what they do. They're not stretching them out. They're not, you know, they, they, St. Louis has the guy, um, I can't remember his name. But, you know, he's like a 21-year-old guy who's 101. Yeah. And they clocked him at 104. There's a lot of guys at the he's a bullpen guy. Yeah. But then you still got guys, um, you know, who's, who's the current active leader in saves? Active? Active leader in saves. 
Gabriel. Go. Active. Is Fernando Roddy still closing? There you go. Is it really? Oh, yeah. My God. yeah. Shooting the arrow off down in Miami, That's right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and um, Fernando Rodney's kind of a forgotten guy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because he doesn't throw 104. No, he throws 97. Yeah, he throws gas, doesn't know where it's going. That's this ridiculous changeup. You know, in every. The greatest, the greatest quote that I heard about Fernando Rodney was during a fantasy baseball draft where the person drafted Fernando Rodney and said, I look forward to never, ever seeing him try. <laughs> because sometimes you just have guys that walk the tightrope all the time. Yep. Um, you know, and, and there's guys that we know and love that will walk the tightrope. Matt Barnes has a tendency to do that. Yes. Joe Kelly did it for a long time. Yep. But Kelly sort of figured it out. Um, every closer that we had prior to winning the World Series was like that. Uh, it was just too much. Even Papelbon at the end was kind oh. of... You didn't know oh. what you were getting when he got out. When he got out. Uh, and, and that's a guy that was brought up young. He had that the hell with you mentality. And he brought it with him on the mound. And it was perfect for a closer's role. Wait a second. He started as a starter. He was a starting pitcher. Right. Yep. Right. Because and he was Jonathan Pavel. Yep. John. Yeah. If you grow up good enough to be a major league baseball player, you're going to be a starter on whatever team you play on. High school, college, minors, like whatever. Yeah. Well, maybe when you get to the minors, then we'll be the bullpen. But if you're that good to make it to the majors, you're always going to be a starter growing up. Things, things tend to sort of sort themselves out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's they, they, very, very often, very often, there's a lot of things that aren't really reality. Yeah. And um, if you're involved in sports, and if you're involved in sports media, it's all about you know being present in the present. Yeah. So if Stephen A. Smith says some stupid offhand thing just to fill in, you know, a, a two tenths of a second of a soundbite, yeah, and then t- it turns into this crazy rumor. It's no different than some guy on the radio saying, "Oh, well, you know, there was this speculation of a report because of unknown sources that this might be considered." Well, um, there's no legitimacy, right? There's legitimacy when it comes to. This Red Sox team is good. Yeah, yes. very good. This team is good. They've got good pitching. Yes. Um, of the 30 major league teams, 28 of them would like the Red Sox pitching. Yeah. Of the 28 major league teams. Were the Red Sox good last year and the year before? Yes. But why couldn't they win the playoffs? They won the division. Yeah. Well, How many teams? They won the division. I know that. But they, they've won one playoff game in the last five years. Okay. So, um... That's the measuring stick, having won a playoff game? Well, right now for this team it is, yes. Okay. So now we've gotten to a point where having long-term success. Look, uh, you don't want to win the division every year and then get bounced in the first round. That's not, well, that's ask, not the goal. Okay, so so you wouldn't want to be the Atlanta Braves that won a division title for 15 years and won one World Series? No. I think okay. that sounds awful. You don't think that was good? <laughs> to get to the playoffs that many times and only get one title, I think it's not that good. I think that's that, okay. that proves so, that you have the that proves that you have the talent, but you don't have the uh, the leadership or whatever it takes to succeed. You know, in the you, you, 
Do you know how hard it is to get to the playoffs in Major League Baseball? Yes. You do? Okay. Because Well, I know it's hard, like, obviously. Because if you look at if you look at all of the things that can happen in a Major League season, yeah. okay, when the St. Louis Cardinals, I want to say it was, I don't think it was the year that David Freeze. Are you talking about when they won 80-something games and won the World Series? They lost Chris Carpenter and I think it was Adam Wainwright, but they lost they lost one of their big starters. Um, oh, that was that was when Carpenter got in. Yeah, and they managed, they managed to get to the playoffs. Right. When you get to the playoffs, there's a lot of fortunate luck that happens. I think. But I, I think getting to the getting to the playoffs does deserve credit. Absolutely. When you get there, it's it everything starts over. Yeah. Um, you might run into a ground ball going through somebody's legs, which is what happened in 05 against the White Sox. Or you might run into the Astros last year. The Astros last year, which were a juggernaut. Oh, by the way, nobody, nobody realized how good Cleveland was. By the way, the two American League representatives that knocked out the Red Sox not only won the World Series, but took the Cubs to extra innings in Game 7. That's no small thing. No. You know, it's not like the teams that beat them were, no, they were swept the next round. No, they were by far the best teams in the American League. Right. And, you know, you could make the case that Cleveland and, and the Cubs were right there neck and neck at the end. I mean, it was there for three of the team. Yeah, um, it was. So, the Red Sox winning division titles, uh, okay, you know, it's almost like the Patriots winning division titles. Yeah. Um, but, you know, baseball's a longer, enduring season. And you get to a point where there's wear and tear, there's matchups that can get exploited, there's guys that get into slumps, there are things that go wrong. If you look at the Red Sox, that, that World Series team in 2013, okay, how many weird things happened? You had Ortiz hit the grand slam against the Tigers. Well, they had, they had what, 13 walk-offs in the regular season that year? You had, had Napoli yeah. taking Verlander to the trees in Detroit yeah. in, in a game that Verlander doesn't lose. Yeah. So you stole two games. You stole two games from the Tigers, right? And then when you came back home, it was over because Detroit was done. Detroit blew the game. They blew that game with the, with the Ortiz Grand Slam. Verlander got taken deep by Napoli. Then you get to the World Series, and it's just you know, so much momentum. We forget Alan Craig was freaking Babe Ruth. Yeah, yeah, for the for the Cardinals. Alan Craig. Cardinals. Alan, That's, is Alan he still Craig. with us? Is he still Yeah, Alan he's Craig. still making uh, I want to say, like, like the Giants had him or something. Oh, did they cut him? Like yeah, I think the Red Sox finally cut ties. But um, I'm, I'm at a, a wedding. I'm at a wedding. And game four. Is, was it game four? I don't remember which game it was. But it was the game where... Uh, Middlebrooks fell on top fell of Alan Craig. Craig. Yeah, yeah. And the it was call. an interference call, and the wedding. I was watching that play, it was and, the, and, 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 and the people that were with me 
were absolutely losing their minds because the last time the, the, the bride, the, the, the father of the bride, the night of his wedding was the night the ball went through Bill Buckner's legs. So the night that this guy got married, they're watching the Red Sox lose to match in the World Series with the ball going through Buckner's legs. Now go to 2013, he's getting married. And Alan Craig is tripping over Will Middlebrooks and oh, being awarded home plate yep. in a World Series game. But just so many weird things, like Johnny Gomes hitting a home run off, right. of, off of Seagrass. After, after Ortiz's speech in the dugout. Yeah. yeah. It was like, like, you know, so many weird things have to happen when you get to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And, but people forget that the other teams are, are good. Well, of course they are. The other teams are good, and and they're they're, they're prepared. The Red Sox, the Red Sox are not sneaking up on anybody, just like the Patriots don't sneak up on anybody. Right. And uh, I think one of the fun parts is um, when you see all these other teams just fighting and fighting and fighting. Um, Houston. Houston's been riding Dallas Keuchel for a couple of years. Yeah, he's he's going through some rough patches. Uh, they're starting to get dinged up a little bit. Uh, it's hard to def- you think it's hard to win a World Series? Try to defend a World Series. Um, uh, the Yankees, the Yankees are uh, you know they have no pitching. You know, uh, it, it, it's it's a wide open opportunity. It is definitely. So. Um, but it's a lot of fun. I, I what do I think the Red Sox should do? They probably got to get a reliever. Yeah. If they get a bench guy that can be an outfielder and a corner infielder, like a first, like a first baseman outfielder, um, you know, Hanley. Yeah. What do you think about Hanley? What do you think about that? Movie? I, I I think I think they wanted to give do the right thing by Hanley and give him an opportunity to. Earn his player option. And what do you think about the fact that no but, team has reached out to Hanley yet? <laughs> I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody wants to run the risk of taking that option. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it wasn't a terrible idea at the time, but that's what happened. Uh, now, you know, with Pedroia, with Pedroia being re-injured, uh, you know, oh, we really, you know, we really missed this guy's bat because he bats 380 in the playoffs. Um, I'm sorry, but for the first eight years of this guy's career, Barry Bonds batted under 200 in the playoffs. If you're in a World Series game and you have the opportunity to have Barry Bonds in your lineup, batting 180 or whatever it was, wouldn't you want him there? Yeah. Right, because he's Barry Bonds. So, Hanley Ramirez um, had two, two very good series in the playoffs. One for the Dodgers, and then recently with the Red Sox. Um, and he was the only guy that hit last year. Him and him and Mitch Moreland are the only right. guys in the playoffs. So, so what we did was we go out and find a guy that can hit home runs yeah. and bolster the offense. Uh, I think a lot of guys just had down years. I think a lot of guys kind of are what they are. Uh, Moreland's not a guy that should be playing every day. You don't think so? No, okay. no. I think there's a lot of guys that are in the major leagues, that if they get over 400 or 450 at bats, it's too much. Yeah. And they get exposed. It's a lot like NBA players. 
you know, uh, how many guys can actually play 80 to 82 games? Not many. How many guys can survive around 70 to 75? Yeah, I mean, you see guys going streaks where, you know, they'll, they'll average 20 points for a week or two. Yeah. And, and then teams will figure them out and then they'll just be Yeah. No, it happens in every sport. It's the same thing in baseball. And you've got, you've got these guys, they, they, they show up. They show up in good physical shape in February. They work out for 45 days in spring training. They play maybe 25 games. Then they play 162. So you're at 190 games now. And this is March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. So that's eight months. Let's call it 30 days. So you're playing 190 games in 240 days. There's no such thing as a healthy baseball player come July 1st. So it basically becomes a survival game. How do we survive? Now, the Astros survive this. The Indians, the Cubs. The Cubs spent three years. The Cubs spent five years building towards surviving that one year. And they they almost... They spent 108 years. Right, but they, but they built as much as they could for that moment, yeah. and they still almost lost to Cleveland. Yeah. So, there's so many things that make it difficult um, that I laugh when people want to talk about, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Um, you know, go, I know you're not, you're not a fan of uh, people. You're not a fan of criticism when it comes well, to. It's easy to criticize. Well, I know, I know. The that. easiest job in the world is to criticize. I know critic. you used to hate when people would criticize John Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote about that one time. <laughs> I believe I wrote that John Farrell is underrated. Yeah. And the context of that was if you looked at a 35 year history of the Boston Red Sox managers, Farrell's probably in the top three or four. Right. Because well, he won a World Series. <laughs> he won a World Series, which, yes. Which separates him from and, most Red Sox. And, and a lot of people will say, oh, well, geez, you know, uh, you know, you know, you know how, how smart can he be? You know, he kind of lucked into that World Series. People well, forget. Actually, Dave thinks, Dave thinks that that year was more the absence of Bobby Valentine than it was the presence of I him. think that was Let it. me ask you this. Go back to 2004. Game three, no, 2004. Game three, American League Championship Series. The Red Sox get pounded 19 to 8 by the Yankees, and they're down 3 0. Tell me, tell me how good of a manager Terry Francona is. Oh, he sucked at that point. If, if they lose any of those next four games. Even after that third game, he was, people were calling for his head. So. I get what you're saying. So tell me, so tell me how much Terry Francona sucks now. Oh, he's great. He's a great man. I knew Think that. about that. Think about but that. Fair, you can't say Farrell made some questionable decisions. Farrell was a John Farrell's personality was almost like a fairly stern. And I wasn't a fan of his interview. A fairly stern phys ed instructor yeah. that <laughs> wanted you to basically just. Just shut up and handle your business and and carry yourself professionally and show some respect to everything that you do because this game 
you know, this game goes quickly for a lot of people, but that type of leadership can can kind of wear on it. So, right? so how do you like Cora in comparison to Farrah? I think and what Cora, does he bring differently that's better? Cora's, Cora is refreshing because Cora is a guy that, as a player, found ways to give himself chances. Alex Cora was never a guy that you'd look at and say, oh, geez, this guy's a phenomenal talent. And he knew that. Alex Cora was, is a guy who looks at things within the game that can be used and exploited in so many ways. Now, it's up to the players to execute. And you've got to find the guys that can execute. You look at Bill Belichick, who has the ability to create game plans. Well, he's a genius when it comes to, 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 to planning and things like that. But wouldn't it be nice if he had one or two more uh, supremely talented players? Hey, I'm looking for you. Yeah. Hey! He's used to not talk like that. I don't have a girlfriend. I can't let the... She's coming, she's coming in asking about girlfriends. I can't let my wife know that. She's not talking to me. Uh, I like Cora. Uh, Cora's going to be aggressive. Uh, he's going to be a good mentor for these young guys. Um, let's not forget, this is a young Red Sox team. Very young team. Um, you got uh, 22, 24, 25-year-old guys. is uh, a cranky old man. Um, you know, Nunez is not young, but he's fun. Uh Probably shouldn't play defense that much. No, he sucks at defense. <laughs> we don't sugarcoat anything on this but, podcast. He but, sucks at defense. But Eduardo Nunez, <laughs> Eduardo Nunez is what he is. Um, you know, uh, uh, catchers. We were spoiled because Veritek could hit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vasquez Loma. hit last year. Vasquez hit okay last year. He did but, hit very well. You know. Tell me, name me, name me three major league catchers that no. had over two fifty to not, twenty home no, runs. No, you're right, especially yeah. nowadays, it doesn't happen anymore. Catchers, catchers, catchers are they're valued for Diamond their defense does. and their ability to, to work with the pitchers. Catchers, catchers have to be able to manage the game within the game, right. understand what a pitcher has, yeah. understand what what they're trying to build during at bats for, for, for each hitter. Um, you know, I, I, you know, giving up two or three runs in the first or second inning. Is not nearly as daunting as if you give up those runs later. So being able to log uh, valuable information in game uh, and using that information for later—I mean, it, the, the amount of mental stress that the game of baseball requires is on a level that most humans can't comprehend. Um, it looks easy. We watch it all the time, and we only see the good highlights. Yep. You don't see highlights of Chris Davis of the Orioles, who you think the Red Sox have problems. Uh, they've got to pay him for three more years. And, you know, this is a guy that um, has just lost it. Yeah. 
You know, and, and that happens in baseball. 50 plus home runs, what, three years ago? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then it brought out of a bomb. And, and you know what? It happened to our favorite players. Yeah. It happened to Kevin Newbers. Oh. It happened to David Ortiz in phases. Yeah. It didn't really ever happen to him permanently. Right. That's the thing. But Even when he left, he was still hitting. Happened to Manny. But uh, yeah. you, you remember how quickly he turned on uh, uh, Mark Belmore? Right. Yeah. Got hit five home runs in the playoffs. He was our, he one of our best hitters, arguably our best hitter in the playoffs. He was phenomenal in the playoffs. Um, you know, it's so easy to dismiss and forget these guys, and we're also so willing to want to replace the guys with what we have. Um, I remember a few years ago how excited I was because the Red Sox traded for a player, and I'm like, all right, this is a guy that's got talent, he's got skills, he's underrated, and the people don't know enough about him, he's uh, Adrian Gonzalez. Now, and how'd that work? It was great for about two months. It was, great, it was great for about two months. And you just don't know. Yeah. You just don't know what's oh, going to work. A lot of guys can't handle the pressure of Boston also. Boston's not easy to deal with. Kyle Crawford cannot handle the pressure of Boston. David Price has a hard time with it at times. David Price... Um, David Price is a, is a phenomenal talent. Yep. I think what David Price is trying to do is... Don't try to ...get himself to that point where... He wants to win a championship, and he's pretty much willing to swallow his pride, getting off Twitter, because he was a tweeting fool, just like Logan Morrison and a bunch of other guys. He brings a lot of stuff upon himself. He did. He did. He hasn't done much lately. Um, well, he did say in an interview a couple weeks ago, he was like, you know, they asked him about a minor injury that he had, and he said, oh, you know, I'm soft. If, I, if it hurt bad, I would have left the game. He's like, because you guys know I'm the softest guy in the clubhouse. Like, he was playing to, you know, what everyone says about him. But I feel like you should just ignore that stuff and not say stuff like that. Like, it's hard know. to ignore 17 cameras in your face. Some guys can do it. It's not easy. It's but not some easy. Some guys can do it. And Price is a guy that says, you know what, I'll stand in front of these guys and and, 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 and take some of this heat myself. Yeah. Um, Price's very first year in the major leagues, by the way, another guy shut brought, down. brought up as a, as a reliever, right. shut down the Red Sox in that league championship series, and... That was his only, only uh, playoff win. Right? And somehow, and somehow, pushed the Phillies to six games. He was great as a reliever for us yeah. last so, year, too. Right. right. So, uh, last Maybe. minute. Let's, um... Oh, we got one minute left? All right. We got a minute left. We're down to a minute. So, predictions for the rest of the Sox season. Where do you, where do you see them ending? I'm going to say ALCS. God, I don't know. ALCS against the Yankees, then anything can happen there. That's what I'm going to say. You got to give us a final prediction. Oh, gonna, final all prediction? Right. All right, they're going to they're going to lose in seven to the Yankees in the ALCS. Okay. Uh, Red Sox will win the division. Yankees pitching can't keep up. Yeah. The Red Sox will outlast them. The first round matchup. Uh, if the Red Sox face Houston, that's going to be a, that's going to be a dog fight. If they get anybody else, the Red Sox will get to the league series. I don't think the Yankees make it out of that first round. I think it's going to be the Red Sox and the Astros for the League Championship Series. Or, uh, you know, and if the Red Sox get to the World Series, uh, they're built for it. 
But Washington's hungry. So watch out. So Jason says to watch out for the Nationals. The Nationals. 37 and 30 yeah. Nationals. All right. They're in second place behind the Braves. If you look at the National League, it's just going to blow your mind. Um, you couldn't possibly pick a winner out of the National League, so I'm going with the Nationals because they've been trying and trying and trying. I think it's their time. Uh, I think it'll be the Red Sox Nationals or... It's D.C.'s time after the Capitals or, just won the Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what do you think? What are, these, what, what are you thinking? Um, as far as the Red Sox are concerned, I would say... I would say ALCS, probably, I would think they're going to face Houston in the ALCS. And like you said, whenever they play each other, that's going to be a dogfight. This year, like as as you said, as hard as it is to defend, as hard as it is to defend a World Series championship, I think... Somehow, some way, Houston's gonna edge the Sox in seven. Um, I don't even have a National League prediction. Like you said, the yeah. National League is pretty wide open right now. Um, so I would have to, I'd have to say we'll we'll get to the ALCS, but further from that, we still got three and a half months of regular season left. So these predictions, these predictions can change. Yeah, there's a lot of baseball still. A lot of baseball. There's still 90 games to be played. Yeah, yep. so yeah. it's a little early for predictions, but we'll, we might change them as the season goes on. Why not? Depending on what high. But hey, Predictions are fun. They're yeah, fun. They're, 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 there's yeah. nobody holds you to them. No. Exactly. <laughs> well, if well, you're, right, if you're right, right, you can't hold us If you're right, you can brag about it, and if, right. you're, if you're wrong, you just forget about it and act like it never happened. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely right. Well, as we close out tonight's episode, we want to thank Jason for coming on. Thank you. Jason Thanks, Pleasure. Thanks, Jason. Thank you, Jack. Our first expected special Our guest. first expected special guest. And you let us know when you want to come back. Well, this, sure, whenever. This has been a nice treat. And, uh, we usually cover, cover this, all sports, but we mostly focus on baseball because you're the baseball guy. I appreciate that. No if, uh, if you want me to come in and do my give you my amateur hockey opinion, <laughs> let, let me know. All right. um, and of course, there's always great hot football takes. Perfect. Oh uh, yeah. You know, there's Plenty always drama going on there's always all sorts stuff. of stuff going on. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, t- t- sports are fun. Sports oh, yeah. are fun. Sports are fun. Talking about sports it's, is fun. It's a lot better than what's in other parts of the newspaper. Oh, oh yes. So uh, I, I, I'm glad to be here. Thank you guys. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you. Coming here to Hadgers, you know. We're closing the place down, I guess. Yep, end of an era. Uh, this is it. Uh, there'll be Get no more podcasts from here right now. No. So re- I, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure I'll see you guys around. I know I see you guys all the time. Yep. And uh, thanks again. Yeah, thanks thank for you having again. me. Welcome right. back anytime. I appreciate right. it. Thank you. Episode 17. In the books. <laughs>